Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to another edition of the Morning After Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning. There's an old saying or notion, I guess, in sports that you never want to let one loss beat you twice. You understand what we're talking about. One result, no matter the reason, can't linger and cost you again. Well, I'm not sure that Carolina didn't let Friday's win over Detroit beat them on Saturday against the Devils. And I'll explain, and we'll actually maybe even let the players uh, kind of fill you in on it. Because the game they got into against the Red Wings, end-to-end, totally unstructured, is not a game that Carolina wants to play. It's a game they're capable of playing because they have a higher level of skill this year than they did last year. So you can have a dezingle to nature's kind of a goal immediately after Detroit makes it 3-2 and you bounce right back. So they can play that game, but it isn't the way they want to play. And that's never going to be this team's identity. At least it can't if you want to win games when you get into March, April, and into May. Right, so that's what happened Friday against the Devil, against the Red Wings. Unfortunately, and we'll hear from Jordan Stahl in a minute, um, that's kind of the game that they almost seemed willing to play against the New Jersey Devils team that doesn't want to play that way. Uh, and the theme of tonight was mistakes, turnovers, mental mistakes, uh, a lack of simple execution. That's really what got Carolina against the Devils. Uh, but first, let's do some uh, some good things first, all right? Because there was some good in the game. Warren Fogle's first goal. First of all, Warren's playing really well. Uh, I really do like uh, his uh, position. I'm not even going to call it the top line because it's not the top line. Uh, it's not their best line anyway. Um, but Svechnikov, Aho, and Fogle, um, I actually like what this group is is capable of doing. Fogel can play with better players because he's a big, fast, strong, disruptive type of a player. Um, hopefully, he'll be able to be a 15 to 20 goal scorer in time in the NHL to really make putting him on a line like that, because it should be their best line. It just isn't right now. Uh, could, could you really just it would enhance everything that Aho and, to a certain extent, Svechnikov want to do. He's a similar player in his physicality to Svechnikov. He's obviously not as good. Uh, but Fogel's first goal, thing of beauty, started deep in their own end. We brought up Svechnikov's name, made a great defensive play in the corner to get the puck out. Carolina was off the other way. Gardner carries it into the zone. Uh, Jake Gardner uh, gives it to Sebastian Aho. Pretty pass to Fogel. Brings it to his backhand, slides it between McKenzie Blackwood's pads, one nothing lead. That was really good. Uh, Tavo Teravainen's power play goal, really good. Andrei Svechnikov takes the pass from Eric Halla, who did a lot of work at the blue line. And then Svechnikov uh, powers it towards the net from the left side. And uh, Turbo chips home the rebound, his fourth goal of the season. 
uh, Carolina's fourth straight game with a power play goal. So that's good. And we're pretty much done. I mean, the first period was very good for Carolina. Not the end of it, but the, the, for the most part, the 19 and a half minutes of it were really good. But now back to the original point. Friday night, the Canes won a game they don't want to play. End-to-end, no structure, crazy scoring chances, but they finished. Wings aren't as good. Wings don't get great goaltending. Carolina wins at 7-3. Saturday night against the Devils didn't go so well. And we'll let, uh, we'll let the captain, Jordan Stahl, take it from here. We created our own track meet with our turnovers, and um, you know, it seemed like we wanted to play that game, which is not what we want to do. Obviously, it's it's not our game, and it's not the way we want to play. And um, it's a commitment from myself all the way through the lineup uh, to go play in their end and, and go wear teams down, and um, and just continually beat them down in their end and, and shooting pucks and all those things that you've seen us do well and um, tonight obviously we didn't do it what did they do to kind of maybe slow you guys down um I mean the, they slowed down the neutral zone a bit but um I think I think still it was, it was more a little bit on us um, you know with the puck management um you know they obviously did a good job of of, of turning it, turn it back over and playing our, and then and doing things we want to do and um, and obviously got a timely goal and, um, and then you know obviously it's not easy coming back in this league. End of what end of the first period right away in the second period is that any momentum you might have kind of go away with those two situations? Yeah, some timely goals um, that kind of sucked us sucked the wind out of us a little bit, and, um, but. I mean, I, I can say it again. It was, it was a lot of us and a lot of the things we were doing that um, that just wasn't good enough. And we're going to have to uh, sit on this uh, tomorrow and uh, come back ready to work Monday. So that's Jordan Stahl, the captain of the team. You can see, you, you can hear in his voice the frustration of the inability of this team to get to the game they wanted to get to against a team like the Devils. It was a game that was full of mistakes, and we'll get into greater detail just what those mistakes were. Uh, Again, at least after the first 20 minutes, and we'll uh, let the head coach take it from here. The first period I thought was really good, and we probably deserved better. We We played exactly how we needed to and then got away from us. It really kind of gave them uh, a few goals and just a, you know, it was a tough one because we never got going after that. It just felt like we just, you know, the game was still there for how bad I thought we were playing, um, but we just never, never got going enough to create enough, you know, mojo. Third goal, we gave it to them. We have the puck in there, right at their line, and we decided to do something cute. And the next thing you know, it's in your net. Lack of, you know, the last one. That, no, no excuse for that one. Just leave our guy and decide, leave him at the net. Just little things like that. It just that's just not how you're going to get it done. So you know, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's not how certainly want to end a, you know a good homestand, but uh, pick up the pieces and get back at it here tomorrow or the next day. All right. So uh, remember, the Hurricanes are not practicing on Sunday. They will be back practicing. On uh, Monday, I believe they practice at Raleigh Center Ice. Just pointing that out as a uh, 
as a public service if you want to come out and watch and practice. It's freezing. Wear a hat. Um, so we'll get to the worst part about this loss when we talk to Jacob Slavin. The Devils played last night, rather Friday night, just like the Hurricanes did. Unlike the Hurricanes, the Devils didn't play in Raleigh. They were in New Jersey. They were in Newark, and they went overtime, and they needed a shootout. Then they had to fly to Raleigh. So what's the excuse for them being better than Carolina, not only in the third period, but throughout much of the second period as well? And we'll talk to Jacob Slavin. That's on us to stick to our game. We we know what we need to do to win hockey games, and uh, we just didn't put it our best out there tonight they also played last night and they went to an overtime and a shootout it almost feel like you left one out there yeah definitely i think uh i think we know we know what we did in here and uh that caused us not to get the two points and so i think uh we have an off day tomorrow and uh, that's gonna sit that's not gonna sit great with us what was why was it hard to maybe to get going in the third when you guys were did manage to even it up in the second um I don't know. I mean, we, we in between periods, we wanted to we wanted to get to our game. We wanted to do what we know how to do and get pucks behind their D and let the forwards go to work. Um, don't know exactly why uh, we couldn't get to that. Well, uh, we'll get to that in a second because it really is the issue of the game. And then uh, we have some things to address uh, while we have some time. All right, uh, here's the issues. Every single goal caused by a mistake in some way, shape, or form. Um, Miles Wood takes a uh, lively puck off the end boards. Uh, There's a shot from the point. I think Butcher took the shot. Um, So, Miles Wood, good, solid, grinding fourth-line player. He and, I believe, Kevin Rooney, basically both parked out in front of uh, James Reimer. Uh, Puck goes off the boards, comes right back in front. Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Brock McGinn behind the play. They were just out of position. And uh, Wood, although it could have been Rooney, just pounces on the puck and uh, knocks it past Reimer, and it's 1-1. Kind of an unfortunate bounce because you don't expect the puck to come all the way off the end boards and back in front of the goal, but it did. Uh, But Carolina's out of position there. Uh, Second goal, 27 seconds left in the first period. It's power play. I get it. Um, Reimer fails to secure the puck. Uh, He makes the initial save. Actually, there might have been two saves on the play. But the puck is sort of under him, but not not melted down, not not gathered, not secured. Uh, Jack Hughes, wonder kid, first pick overall in this draft. He saw it. He swept in, took the pucks, you know, swept it in, and uh, it's 2-2. 27 seconds left in the period. So you know how deflating a goal is right at the end of a period. So a period that Carolina really carried. I thought Carolina was better in the first. Obviously, you heard Rob Brindamore say the same thing. Um, It's 2-2. It's kind of hard to feel really good about it because you shouldn't be 2-2, but you are. And then, basically, first shift of the second period. Uh, Sebastian Ajo uh, trying to make a play at the blue line. Probably a play you didn't have to make. They were a little cavalier with the puck all night long, uh, but this was indicative. Uh, Gets the puck taken from him. I believe it was Andy Green. Uh, Ultimately, uh, not only did Ajo lose the puck at the blue line, but he sort of, rather than go get it, he sort of reached for it to continue to try to make an offensive play. 
didn't work. Ends up with uh, Nico Heischer. He kind of put Slavin, uh, who this was not Jacob's best night, but uh, he wasn't terrible by any stretch. But he put Slavin kind of in a blender. He just kind of twisted him around. Heischer uh, was going to go around him and then stop, and Slavin kind of almost took himself out of the play. Uh, and then Heischer just uh, beat James Reimer uh, over the glove arm. Didn't go over his shoulder, just sort of went by his arm on the glove side. And suddenly it's 3-2, so you give up a goal with 24, 27 seconds left in the first period. And then you allow a goal 34 seconds into the second period. And a game that you've been the better team, you're now trailing 3-2. And that obviously is not where Carolina wants to be. And then the fourth goal, after uh, a beautiful uh, Ryan Dezingle to Eric Halla pass, made it 3-3, and it was 3-3 after two. Um, Ajo, four seconds, four, or rather four minutes into the third period. Um, it was a Reimer mistake, a Reimer turnover. He tried to make a clearing pass, and it got knocked down. I believe it was Miles Wood got knocked down. Um, ends up, uh, ends up at the point, uh, and Ajo just lets PK Subban just kind of skate to the goal. And that was the guy that Ajo was supposed to be with. It was the guy he was with and he just let him go. And these are the things that, uh, have kind of been, uh, frustrated Rod Brindamore, uh, about Ajo because he's better than this. He's a good defensive player. Uh, but another mistake, and this one more of a mental mistake than a physical mistake. But anyway, Subban goes to the front of the net, redirects uh, a shot. It was Miles Wood's shot, uh, and that was it. And Carolina really didn't, they weren't really all that threatening the rest of the way. I mean, there were some chances. You're going to have chances. There were 16 minutes left in the game. Um, so uh, there you go. Four mistakes all ended up behind Reimer. So now let's get to uh, to three quick issues. We're not going to spend too much time on them because, frankly, uh, you don't want to hear me ramble. Um, Ajo was suboptimal against the Devils. Um, it's not like he was alone. There were other guys. Jake Gardner, I don't, I mean, I thought, and I said this uh, on the morning after yesterday, I thought Jake Gardner's game against the Red Wings was his best game for the Hurricanes. Um, I think this one was his worst game for the Hurricanes. Uh, Svechnikov, Dougie Hamilton, each spent four minutes into the penalty box. Uh, I don't think Dougie was very good tonight. Uh, he wasn't terrible, and he's been great all year long, so it's fine, no big deal. I'm not, I'm not banging on Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Hurricanes aren't 9-4-1 and one without Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov was okay, but they spent too much time in the penalty box. They can't help him there. Uh, and James Reimer was just okay. I mean, I don't think there were any bad goals other than maybe the one, the power play goal that he just didn't cover. Um, but he did what he was supposed to do. But, you know, he, some of those might have been stoppable. I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't have stopped um, Nico Heischer's shot. I mean, he kind of went down too soon. It gave the, uh, the upper part of the goal, uh, the entire goal, uh, to, to Heischer there. Um, the other goals, I'm not blaming him on. But, you know, he's... Uh, you know, the second and third goals, maybe he could have stopped if he were sharper. And maybe that's another issue. Been 17 games, 17 days since he started a game. 17 in San Jose. I forgot how long ago that was. Uh, on top of that, uh, his last appearance was 15 days ago. And I understand that pe- there are people that wanted Peter Morazic to start again. Uh, I said this to Alec Campbell 
during the first intermission yesterday, if it were rather on Friday, if it were March as opposed to November, yeah, I could see letting Morazic go because he's been so great at home and he's playing he's playing super right now. But on November 2nd, uh, no, let's not beat the brakes off Peter Morazic. I don't believe that the organization looked at Peter Morazic and said, man, you're going to play 60 games. Uh, because if he plays 60 games, to me, that means the team does not have a backup goaltender. Ultimately, Morazic's style doesn't lend itself to playing 60 games. I mean, maybe somewhere down the road, I, we could be wrong about this, and he's going to get a bunch of games uh, coming up. Coming up, But I don't see Peter Morazic as a 60-start-a-year uh, guy. Um, but I will say this. Um, five of the next seven on the road, no back-to-backs. We could see Morazic play a bunch. I mean, Reimer's going to have to play somewhere. And it'll be interesting to see what happens if he doesn't play well in his last start, in his next start. Because um, Alex Nedeljkovic is starting to play better. Anton Forsberg's played pretty well in Charlotte. And I really do believe that the plan going into this season was about 45 starts from Morazic about 25 to 30 from another guy and Nedeljkovic getting the the rest of those, whatever totals 82. I'm pretty sure that was the plan. Mrazek might, uh, might change that plan. And so we, so could Reimer. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, But there's a lot, uh, there's a lot going on real quick uh, back to Ajo. Because we all can agree that his game, his overall game is not where it needs to be. His offense is going to be fine. Not worried about his offense at all. Today, not good. Uh, it was not good against the Devils. And again, there were others um, who didn't play well. But Sebastian, he really wasn't good. Face-off percentage on the year, 45%. And tonight is one of those games that gives the head coach... Uh, enough reason to go home and wonder if Aho isn't better suited to play the left side. I'm not saying I believe that. I'm saying the head coach isn't sold. And you can hate that all you want, um, but Rod's a pretty smart hockey guy. Uh, and there are nights like this where um, sometimes the burden of responsibility gets in the way of the other things. Like, who's to say that Ajo couldn't be a 100-point guy playing the left side and be good defensively playing the left side at the same time? Nobody's saying you're a bad defensive player if you're not playing center. Uh, You can impact the game from anywhere. Um, So these are the types of games that give Rod pause to think that maybe we move him to the left, get another center, go from there. Again, just something to think about. Um, and one more thing, and I think this is a bigger issue for this team than, uh, anything else that we've really talked about. Um, this is not a team given to grinding. Carolina is nine, four and one. We don't have to complain about that at all. Three of their four regular seat, regular regulation losses were due simply because they couldn't or wouldn't grind it out. Both games to Columbus. Actually, I think they won, uh, lost in overtime to Columbus. So three of their four, uh, three of their five losses. Um, 
either like both to Columbus and tonight against the Devils. Last year's team's identity was mental toughness. Play their game no matter what. This year's team is a bit more follower than leader. And here's an example, and I realize this is a small sample size. Third periods this year, Carolina 14-4 in goals before tonight. 14-4 in goals. Huge edge in shots on goal. 10-7 on average in the third period. The Devils had allowed 19 third-period goals in 11 games coming in. That's almost two per game, and they were outshot roughly 10-8. Tonight, Devils score the goal. Actually, they got two. We're not counting the empty net goal here. 9-4 edge in shots to New Jersey. I mean, the Devils won more face-offs. The Devils out-hit the Canes 2-1. to one. They managed the puck better, especially in the last 40 minutes. They were the more determined team. Carolina should not lose games like this unless you get beat by the goaltender. They did not get beat by, by Mackenzie Blackwood tonight. They got beat by the New Jersey Devils. And if you, if you, you these are the games where you go, wow, how did they lose this game? Uh, and... That was it. They, the Devils were just more determined. They looked faster than Carolina in the third period, really in the last 30 minutes of the game. So here you go. Philly on Tuesday, Rangers here on Thursday, Saturday and Monday, Ottawa, there first, then here. Then it's on the road, Buffalo, Minnesota, Chicago. Um, you can think what you want about uh, the schedule in terms of who they're playing in the next seven games. But it doesn't matter where you play or who you play in these in this league. Doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how you play. And right now, Carolina has to figure out who they're going to be and how they're going to play. I know what the head coach wants. We have to see if this team can do it. All right. I hope you. Uh, I know five three Devils win again nine four and one on the season. Everything's fine. So let's all have a good Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the third morning after. I like happy recaps. Hopefully. We'll get back to that coming up uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning after the game in Philadelphia. I'm Adam Gold. Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.